Good morning. This is Chickie Fitzgerald with the Executive Girlfriends Group, and we have the perfect show for the beginning of 2013. We know so many people uh, begin the year with with resolutions and uh, quite often uh, a few weeks later have already abandoned them uh, for their previous behavior. So our guest today is Jennifer Tuma Young, and the book that she has written uh, is a, first of all, it's a really eye-catching book because it's hot pink, and the title is Balance Your Life balance the scale and boy jennifer do i need to talk to you welcome (laughs) thank you thank you for having me and what a great introduction i feel very welcome thank you (laughs) well actually i am beginning uh the show today having gotten up early even though my kids didn't have school and i drove to my weight watchers meeting and i lost 3.26 pounds today even though uh, I really uh, overindulged a lot over the holidays, so I felt really, really good about that. Really good. And see, the lesson there is you can have your, your cake and not even worry and, about it as long as exactly, you're healthy. Exactly. Exactly. Well, <laughs> you know, I am hoping that one of the things you will talk about uh, today is the role that accountability plays, because whether you use Weight Watchers or whether you have other uh, mechanisms for that. Uh, you know, I have tried so many things, but what I really need is is that uh, that accountability and encouragement. And Absolutely. I've I know uh, for my own life, I haven't been able to do it alone. Um, so let's just you know let's dive in uh, not directly into the book because I like to hear a little bit about you first. So Jennifer, why don't you tell us your story? Sure, sure. Well, you know, it's funny because my story is so intimately tied and and very much in the book anyway, so it's all sort of one and the same, I think. (laughs) Right, Um, right. But I'd like to hear a little bit about your background before you wrote the book. But yes, you're right. You have told your story in the book. So, 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 um, no, I just mean it's you know, there's, I wouldn't. Even, we don't even need to talk about the books for people to know my story is so connected and all. So, right. anyhow, um, I think you know, for me, I've spent my most of my entire life thinking about you know, as most women do, my body, my weight. You know, am I thin enough? Am I pretty enough? Am I this? When I was a young girl, you know, that was a big focus for me. I was always tall. Um, my kindergarten nickname was Jolly Green Jennifer. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so, so talk about a you know a way to start off. You know, you're going wow, I must be pretty big here. You know, they're calling me Jolly Green Jennifer. Um, but you know, as I got into my high school years, and uh, you know, of course, through the the, do you remember Lean Line? You mentioned Weight Watchers. Remember Lean Line many years uh, ago? Yeah, that it sounds familiar, <laughs> but uh, it yeah, wasn't. It was it, another one of those popular in my area. Yeah, Lean Line was out, and my mother, my grandmother, and my aunt would go to these Lean Line meetings. They brought me not because they thought I had to lose weight, but because my father worked at night, so my mom needed to bring me. And I learned really young that women were really happy when the scale was down and really mad when the scale was up. (laughs) (laughs) It was like this message I got, ooh, scale down, happy, scale up, not happy, you know, and it started that thought process for me since I was a young girl of the weight, you know, and I don't, it was definitely not my mom's intention. She just was going there as her girls' night out with her mom and her sister, you know, something that they did together, but that was one of the messages that I learned young. And so having, you know, 
struggled with it myself. I've been, you know, sort of every size. And one year in, in school, I lost a lot of weight, and then I gained a lot of weight, then I went through high school. Anyhow, um, I got to college, and I was really kind of one of those, you know, girl power. I'm a girl's girl, still am. I was since I was younger. And I thought, you know, I'm so sick of dieting. Forget the whole thing. I'm not going to worry about my weight anymore. I'm going to love myself regardless, which is true. I believe we should love ourselves regardless of our weight. But when I was preaching all this girl power stuff, I didn't connect the fact that loving myself doesn't mean abusing my body with food. And right. so as I loved myself, I I just stopped taking care of myself. And so it wasn't truly loving myself. I ended up gaining a lot of weight, uh, becoming borderline diabetic. Then the yo-yo diets began in a big, big way because it was almost, right. you know, it was over 265 pounds, which was over 100 pounds heavier than I was when I was in high school. Right. And, you know, when I got the, the diagnosis of having borderline diabetes, now this was shortly after college, it was this huge wake-up call. And I was like, what the heck am I doing? You know, I'm here, you know, love yourself, love yourself, love yourself. And yet, you know, I'm not loving myself in the sense of taking care of myself. You know, if you love plants, you water them, you nurture them, you take care of them, you love your children, you take care of them, you know, things like that. You love yourself, you take care of yourself, right? Right. So I wasn't doing that. And um, I realized that I had this thing with, body image, I would always ask my mom if my butt looked big in anything I put down. <laughs> I don't know. Like, so I, I remember getting the diagnosis, having this light bulb moment of like, I'm not positive with myself. I'm not really loving myself. And, and it really doesn't matter your size. You shouldn't love yourself because you're a certain size or a certain weight. You should just love and nurture yourself and let your body do what it does, you know. And so I called my mom. I said, don't ever let me ask if my butt looks big again. I'm going to really love and nurture and take care of myself and ditch the whole dieting, beat myself up, yo-yo frustration thing, and just learn what it means to take care of myself. And she said, okay. You, you thought I went crazy. <laughs> she was like, all right. <laughs> and, and so I did that, and, um, you know, I made that decision, I should say. I didn't really do anything. I made that decision. And then I thought, well, what do I what does this even mean? I didn't even know what healthy was because I had done so many different, do I eat carbs? Do I not eat carbs? Do I count calories? Do I not count calories? Do right. I, you know, do, I didn't know what it even meant. So I really delved into, I'm not going to buy another book that tells me what diet's going to help me lose seven pounds in a week. <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to learn about my body and what it means to be healthy and nurture my body and when I started to learn those things and apply what I learned from a health standpoint, ironically, I released over 100 pounds of weight, the borderline diabetes went away, and just sort of my whole life changed. So that was, that was gosh, um, 13, 14, 15 years, almost, almost 15 years ago now at that point. Wow. Well, I love in the intro of the book where, where you talk about the whole goal of the book, which is to rekindle your true food life connection, release mm -hmm. the stuff in your mind that weighs you down, assess who you are and what you stand for so you can move forward with a sharper compass, cleanse and detoxify your life 
and your body. And uh, <laughs> I, I love it that you separate those two. And we'll we can go back and talk about these. Increase your energy with three critical food three critical food sources. Make choices that align with your best self. Set and reach goals by removing frus- the frustrating question of how to make it happen. Confront obstacles and roadblocks head on and plug into life so that you're happy, healthy, and most important, not wasting precious time worrying about your weight. And again, you know, at this time of year when we are inundated with commercials about going to the gym and about joining Weight Watchers and about, you know, this star that has lost this amount on Nutrisystems and how it's so much better than Weight Watchers or this or that, you know, you're right. We can just get so tied up in knots about it. So let's uh, let's talk about the book and, and what actually got you to the place where you felt like you wanted to actually document this. You said that you, you yourself had didn't want to read yet another book about another diet plan. So tell yeah. us about Balance Your Life, Balance the Scale, about ditching, dieting, amping up your energy, feeling amazing, and releasing the weight. Yeah. Well, you know, when when I, you know, sort of had my own personal – you know, transformation, if you will, um, I decided that, you know, I felt like anywhere I went, I heard women talking about their body image, their weight, they're not feeling good enough, self-esteem, the whole thing. And I really wanted to, I felt like that was a calling to me. I felt like God opened up my ears and I've got to listen. And so um, I opened with my mother, we opened a Curbs franchise because it was, there was none in New Jersey. I knew it was a place that was very supportive to women. I wanted right. to be supportive to women. And, but I learned very early on that many of our, our, our clients, our members, had very much the same issues as me. Hey, we know a blueberry is better than a potato chip. Okay, who doesn't know that? <laughs> Why are we going for the potato chip? <laughs> or like we know that, you know, so I, I just felt like there was something else that, uh, you know, remember that, you know, 90% of people that lose weight gain half of it back within a year. So releasing weight is just releasing it, letting it go. Losing weight is a whole other thing. So, you know, I knew that I had a lot, and I still do. We always have a lot to learn in life. But I wanted to use this facility as a way to sort of teach and learn at the same time um, throughout my life, just being well and living well. Well, and, and you know, I have to I have to interject here. Most of the people who uh, get involved in managing and running any kind of gym or facility um, have that bad rap of just wanting to get people to sign up, and they don't really care if they come or not. And I think all of us have had memberships in different places where, you know, we did join and then, you know, we went for a while and then then that tapered off. So so that's actually part of the problem. It's part of the yo-yo thing because we take care of our bodies for a little while and then we stop. Right, and we were, in in our our facility, we're definitely set up a little different or more. You know, I don't know if it's different because I can't compare to every other, but our my whole thing was if somebody was there, we want to really help each other, you know, and want them to come. And if they don't come, we send them miss you cards or call them or whatever. It's really a very supportive. You mentioned support. And oh yeah, accountability, accountability for me is and everything. Absolutely, and that's that's a major component to to what we do. And you know, as I was working with women and studying myself, the relationship between stress and weight and busyness and stress and food and life and all of the different connections that we have, the topic that kept coming up for, for women was balance, 
balance? How do I balance it all? I just don't have the time or I just don't have the money or the means or the stress or the this. And so, you know, naively, 13 years ago or 12 years ago when I was thinking, oh, well, balance, isn't that, you know, just get it, you know, something's not working, just fix it, you know, and thinking that life <laughs> <laughs> that sounds easy. <laughs> so it was very naive of me, and but but it started this path to trying to study and understand what is balance, you know. And then I realized through my own personal life, because we had our own, you know, at one point I thought, well, you just fix what's not working and that's fine and then you're in balance. And then when, you know, this is, you know, seven years, you know, six years into it, seven years into it, I had my own personal things. My husband and I had financial issues. We lost almost everything we had. And oh, my gosh, our lives I, are so parallel. <laughs> are they? Right, exactly. And I realized that balance is really bunk, okay? Balance is really bunk, and and that it's really about defining our own meaning and method for a healthy, vibrant balance from within so that whatever's going on in the world, whatever passes through us, doesn't affect everything else in our life, you know, getting that core center strong and right. feeling balanced and you know, uh, that's where this balance your life, balance the scale, the program is actually an acronym. It's B-A-L-A-N-C-E. It's not about, here, I'm going to help you get your everything perfect. It's not, here, I'm going to help you to create the, the balance that we all need so that we don't turn to food or anything else to fulfill us, but it comes from within. Right. So and let's start with, with, with the B in balance and jump right into brain dump and breathe. <laughs> yeah, brain dump and breathe. I Oh, this one, because, you know, this is just sort of a natural thing. Whenever I work with a woman or teach a class, the first thing that most of us want to do is we just want to vent out everything that's going on in our our world. And, you know, brain dumping is key because when we have a lot in our minds, we are not focused on what's going on in the present moment. And we can't clearly listen to our internal compass. And we can't clearly make decisions in our life that are really meant to support a vibrant, healthy life. We're somewhere else, anywhere but here, when we're, our minds are heavy and full of stuff. And so brain dumping, um, I have two rules with brain dumping, is that, one, you're not meant to judge anything that you dump out. So if you brain dump, say, to a friend or a spouse, a lot of times what happens is the person then says, well, why are you thinking that or whatever, or let's try to fix it and let's, you know, fix it, as I was saying before, try to fix everything. And what happens when somebody tries to give you advice when you're in the mood to vent? Are you ready to hear that advice? (laughs) You're like, shut up. You don't understand my problem. And we get back to (laughs) So the two rules about brain dumping is we don't judge it and we don't try to fix anything. And we tell that to the people we're brain dumping with is, listen, this is just my space to release. And I really want to get clear, and I might say some things, and don't worry about whatever comes out. We're we're not trying to fix anything or judge anything. I just need to release it. And, you know, that just gets you to become clearer, and that's one type of brain dumping. And then the other type of brain dumping that I, I talk about in the book is the brain dumping to believe in ourselves. You know, for me... I was a writer since I was a little girl, um, always writing, and I even did my eighth grade graduation speech. I wrote it about being kind to people and not picking on each other and things like that. I mentioned my John Green Jennifer nickname in it. When I got into college and just got very lost from who I was, I just, you know, forgot that person that loved to write. I forgot the the girl that loved to to, to 
help people and, you know, be, you know, sort of that whole thing that I talked about in my eighth grade graduation speech, I completely forgot her. And then I made a friend, and we just talked and talked and talked for hours. And in talking and recalling and remembering those fun times in my life, it sort of reminded me who I was. Right. And I think within each of us, there's the person we're born to be. And we sometimes forget that person as life happens. And so you brain dump to release and clear your mind, but you also brain dump to believe in who you are and what you stand for and who you were born to be. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so and, and you know, that that whole issue of, of isolating um, the the balance issue in our life to one specific thing, whether it be exercise or how we eat, that if we don't clear out the brain first, you, you can't get to that place where you can just breathe. So let's it's move on true. to the A, which is assess and accept. Yes. So uh, assessing is like this. It's kind of... You know, taking our blindfold off and, and facing ourselves in the mirror and looking at who we are and who we are clearly and what we stand for in our life. And by assessing who we are, because when you really look at yourself, I know for me, I did for many years avoid mirrors, both literally and figuratively. You know, if somebody would mirror something back to me that I was doing, I didn't want to hear it. It's right. like, no, that's not me. <laughs> and literally, I didn't want to look in the mirror. A full-length mirror I wouldn't even go to, which is, you know, pictures torn up. I mean, I just didn't want to see who I was. And the thing is, we're all beautiful. And our experiences are not meant to define us or make us, you know, less than the, the magnificent people we are. But when we avoid that, when we avoid looking at, at that, we we sort of push everything under the rug, and then one day we trip all over it. You know what I mean? Right. So assessing is just being clear and taking the time. Again, I call it a judgment. I think the whole book comes with a judgment-free guarantee because whenever <laughs> I read any book, I always thought that, you know, um, I was being judged by the author, even though it probably wasn't the author's intent. <laughs> I felt like I wasn't disciplined enough, I wasn't smart enough, I wasn't healthy enough. Right. <laughs> The whole book comes with a judgment-free guarantee. I'm not. I think you're perfect just as you are, and you're you're capable of more than you know. We all are, but you know the assessment zone should be judgment-free. But I think there's cer certain critical things that we should assess and look at in our lives, just like we go to the doctors once a year and they assess our health. If you go for a regular physical, there's other things in our lives we should assess because. As we just said, life goes so fast and we can become busy and all of a sudden five years go by and you go, you know, I love to, you know, have coffee with my girlfriends. I haven't seen them in six years. You know what I mean? Or right. something like that where you're you're really assessing what is what is filling up my life and what are my values that I stand for. And, you know, sometimes just taking the time to do that brings it to the forefront of our heart and, and rekindles our, our life. So to speak. Well, I love that, and and that leads right into the next one, which is you know if if you've finally accepted yourself, you can get to the L, which is just yes. let go and laugh. That's and your favorite that's, one. That's laughing at ourselves. It's laughing at your situation and circumstance, and, yeah, well, and it's I think just that bringing that lightness laughter, and joy to your life. You know exactly. Yeah, let go, release whatever doesn't serve you or a greater good. You know, sometimes we want to just do everything, be everything, add, 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 add in all these things into our life, and then all of a sudden we're trying to manage time, which 
as you and I both know, women are amazing, right? So we can manage <laughs> as many things. You want me to juggle 27,000 balls? I'm juggling. I'm a clown. I'm, I'm good. I'm tightrope walking. I'm juggling. I'm doing... But what ends up happening is that what ends up happening when you try to manage time is all of a sudden... You you don't even you you're not even doing anything that you've assessed as being important in your life, and right. so I'm much more of a fan of time choice. Learn what to let go. Choose your time wisely. How are you choosing to to use and value your time, and let go of that which doesn't serve you or the greater good. And we go through exercises and questioning so that so we can each determine what that means because it's different for all of us, you know. And then the next one. Um, is the A for add in and appreciate, right? Right. And um, the the way I kind of talk about adding in is, are you a cook? Do you like to cook or oh, bake? Oh, yeah, definitely. Do you, which do you prefer, cooking or baking? Oh, cooking. Cooking. Okay, so cooking, you're like life, okay? Cooking is like this. You can sprinkle stuff in, a little bit of garlic, a little bit of oregano, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Sometimes it tastes great, right? You're like, oh, right. I made a great sauce. Sometimes you're like, whoa, way too much salt. <laughs> you know, like, it just doesn't taste as good. <laughs> so, so that's cooking, right? In baking, you can't sprinkle in a little baking soda and hope it works out. You've got to measure it out, right? You've got exactly. to, You've got to use it to precision. And so I would say life is like a cook. It's going to sprinkle stuff into our world we love, stuff that we're like, whoa, where did that come from? It tastes terrible. But that's what life does. So we need to add into our life like bakers with intention and focus. So what we choose to add into our world, we're like the baker. We're carefully choosing it. So we're not just saying, how did that happen, you know? So adding in is really looking at what is my, you know, and it's everything from our food choices to our movement choices to our lifestyle choices. and how we use our time again. So we're releasing beforehand to let go to make space, and then we're adding in with intention. And you can also add in some little, you know, it doesn't mean everything is planned. There's a big difference, and I go through that in the book. It's not about being overscheduled or overplanned. It's really about, you know, the choices that we make and things like that. Does well, that and, and again, I think about as I look through uh, this first part of the word balance that, uh, back uh, when I turned 50, I uh, one of the things I did for myself is I hired a, a woman who came in, and she was a, a stylist. Is it was her kind of official role? But what she did is she helped me go through my closet and and everything from my my clothes to my underwear to my jewelry to my shoes, and you know throwing away and getting rid of those things that you just kept around in case you gained those extra pounds or things that you had that, you know, really didn't flatter you. And and so that whole issue of assessing was an important part of that. And then, you know, to let go and, and to actually throw things in, in the giveaway bag or the throwaway bag that you had yeah. loved because it was comfortable or it reminded you of something. Uh, yeah. But you couldn't do the next step, which was the the add back into the wardrobe those things that really did flatter you. And and I I remember so distinctly her like throwing out every bra I owned because um, you know they they were just broken down and and you know I hadn't washed them properly so they didn't have the right support. And she took <laughs> me to Nordstrom's and and you know my great uh, splurge on my fiftieth birthday was getting all the right undergarments. And Ooh, it was fun. so amazing how different, not only did it make me look, but how it made me feel. 
Yeah. And and right. so, you know, again, as I'm looking through this, I had, you know, to make the brain choice <laughs> to, you know, take where I was. And I happened to be at a pretty good space uh, uh, where I was very, very healthy uh, on my 50th birthday. But I was about to go into one of the most stressful times when we lost our business and we had in, you know, I had raised $7 million and we had uh, invested about a million dollars in our own assets and then lost everything and you know had I not gotten myself prepared for that I would have carried all that stuff into it and and even just you know having a a well-organized closet uh, and again at this time of year people are thinking about that but uh, again you can't just keep adding in and adding in if you haven't let go. So let's move on it's to the true. end. But, and you know, can I just can I just say sure. something that just struck me when you said it? And it's one of my greatest teachers told me this years ago, and I've never forgotten it. And in, in a sense, I did the same thing. Where sometimes you, he he said to me, you 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 know, when you when you do anything in life, you learn anything or whatever. And sometimes you're learning things, and you think, how does this apply to me, or how does this choice and it's like you're digging the path out for when life pours in the concrete to it and you know a lot of times people say to me my life feels pretty balanced Jennifer I don't know I don't really need this and I say you know it's not about now it's about learning these techniques for when for when because life inevitably is going to hit every one of us some way we're not exempt we're human and they go oh you know it's just paving that way so you said you know you had gotten yourself into a healthy place and that when these things happened you were you know imagine if you hadn't done that so i just think that was really you know i I resonated with me i just wanted to point it out but yeah and and it's interesting because it it was also preceded by my husband and i getting to a place where where we got away and and really started working on our marriage as well and that that actually was about a year before and, and we hadn't known that we even needed yeah. to do that. But if if we hadn't gone through um, the what we did, um, yeah. we couldn't have survived what was coming. See, that prevented it's – like, it's like life, you know, it's just living well, and that sort of prevents the reactionary things that can happen exactly. if you don't. Because, you know, a lot of times we react, we go to the doctor when we're sick, or, right. you know, we go to marriage cancel, counseling or whatever it is, we work on our marriage after the big blow-up on the you know, <laughs> right. thing. And it's like these things that we do in our life, you know, we're doing them, and, and then it just keeps us living well. And, you know, it doesn't mean that you don't have moments or problems or things like that, but it's just how we react to them. I know I was grateful for having studied balance in life and all of this. Well, I was really put to the test also, as you were, but I feel like my studies prior to really, you know, not say needing them, but I didn't have many things that were out of, balance before. Right, right. So I was like, wow, that those studies really helped and of course it was a very hard test to be put through, but you know, you learn sure. from it and of course, you know, you pass, you fail, whatever it is, but you le- learn and move on, you know. <laughs> no, it's the same kind of thing. I mean, I, I now that I'm reflecting back, um, you know, during that time we also went through Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University at, mm, at our church. And and that was before we got in to the horrible financial position, but we laid that groundwork, and then I ended wow. up teaching it. And my 14-year-old daughter, uh, she, I think she was 12 at the time, went through the program. And wow. and so then when we had to start cutting back, we had the foundation, you know, for moving yes. forward. So yeah, very very wonderful. interesting. So let's move on to end because I have a feeling that uh, navigate and notice nature. Uh, you know, it is really taking us to this this uh, next place where you need to get to. 
Yes, yeah. And navigating is, is like, you know, um, basically I just compare it to, you know, your your um, going through life and sometimes you think, oh, this is where I want to be and you just want to get there, you just want to go. But, you know, it, just like you're driving down the road and there's a detour or a stoplight's out or there's an accident or something, you have to navigate around. You don't just stop the car, pull over and say, I'm not going anywhere anymore. <laughs> Right. <laughs> How do I navigate this ship? How do I, you know, go through life? And what happens throughout the, the 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 other chapters is you're assessing and you're doing work on yourself and you're coming up with your own answers. But what what I find navigates people best when they apply what they've assessed as being their core values, and then they let their values become their their anchor to keep them centered when times are crazy and their compass to navigate right. them through life. So you almost bounce every decision off of your core value as your navigation, you know. And if you aren't clear with what your core values are, you don't know how you can honor and express them on a regular basis or use them to navigate your life. That's right. when you go back and you kind of assess those things. That really makes a huge difference, you know. If you can say this, you know, this is what I'm sort of bouncing my decision-making off of or my even my goal setting, because, you know, people, a lot of times we talk about setting a goal and it becomes very frustrating. My goal is to lose 10 pounds or my goal is to make $100,000. It sounds great on paper, but then you actually get to it and you go, how the heck am I going to lose these 10 pounds? <laughs> like, I tried everything, nothing's working. Or, or, or how am I going to make that money? And there's this frustration with the how. And so what I find is that people have different navigational styles. Once you know what's giving you direction, you know, which, which values are navigating you, what style do you have for setting goals? Are you the traditional sort of smart goals person? I know that in businesses we often use smart goals, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timed, which really help people because they are so specific. Right. But some people just don't go to that as a natural, like they, they just, it just doesn't feel right to them. So I have a little quiz that you'll take, and then you'll figure out, am I a visioneer? You know, a visioneer is somebody who, you know, they have a vision, and they allow their their love of visioning, because some people just love to do it, to kind of guide them in the morning. They do a, a gut check, you know, a navigational check, and they visualize, what do I want today? To, what do I want to do today? And that vision of, you know, walking the, the nature trail in the park or that vision of whatever actually guides them because they're so in tune with their vision. You know, some people aren't. They go, vision, I'm going to write a checklist out. You know, I'm a checklist person. I'm an Excel spreadsheet person. I'm a, but we're all different, and I think that we have to find, you know, I find that there's four different, very distinct different types of goal setters, and you can find which one works best for you and then use that as your navigation system. You know, um, the the biggest takeaway, I think, from from navigating is just never to just give up. <laughs> it's like, right. you, you know, you're navigating, you hit something that's unexpected or a detour or whatever, and you learn how to keep going even through those challenges. So that's what navigate. And notice nature. The thing with the noticing nature is, you know, one, it's not only is it serene and, and beautiful to sit and watch a bird fly or, like, sit in the grass and, like, you know, it's very connecting and soothing, but it also can play a big role in mirroring how we see ourselves. For example, you know, the two of us can look at the same tree, and you're looking at the tree, and you're noticing that the tree is tall and strong and 
you know, it has a solid trunk, you know, and you're looking at that tree and you're maybe you're wishing you were stronger or more solid or maybe you are strong and solid. And I might be looking at the tree and say, you know, it's got a lot of flaws in it, a lot of nicks and a lot of things, but it's still really beautiful. And I might be feeling flawed and nicked, you know, but right. wanting to see my own beauty. So the, the two of us can look at the same thing and see something different, and that often mirrors either what we want in our lives or how we feel about ourselves or something. And we can learn a lot about ourselves through noticing nature, what we see in it. Right. You know, one day I was <laughs> outside. My husband did not know what he was getting into when he married me, by the way, because I, like, philosophize <laughs> at 6 a.m., you know, I'm like, look. <laughs> He's like, what? so one day I'm looking at our flowers, and and I love flowers, and I love to garden and things like that, and I'm looking at them, and I said, you know, the funny thing about the flowers is that they're beautiful, right? They're beautiful, but they're not perfect. They've got a right. lot of brown leaves and a lot of little wilts in them, and, you know, what I sort of thought of was that a lot of times when we have life and we have a brown petal, if you will, if you focus on that brown petal, you don't take care of yourself. You you begin to feel terrible about yourself. Right. If a flower was perfect, it would be synthetic. It would be fake, right? Like the, the <laughs> yeah. plastic flowers are all perfect, but they're not as beautiful. So our flaws actually help to make us more beautiful. And if we don't focus on them, we still water, nurture, take care of ourselves properly, and the flowers will grow and thrive regardless, you know? Right. So anyway, just... <laughs> A notice nature moment for me. So take care of yourself. Don't focus on your brown petals. Don't pick yourself apart. We all have them. (laughs) Well, and I want to bring out something because it's something that I've realized in my own life is that it is so easy to get stuck inside. And I really think that the enemy of our souls uh, does that by design, whether you're glued to the television or you're glued to your laptop or your computer. Mm uh, we are not getting out because nature does inspire in in some pretty amazing ways. And I know this this year uh, for me, it was my first year. It sounds weird because my kids are 12 and 14, but it was my first year of being the mom uh, because I have been married to a Mr. Mom. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, uh, he's been my husband for 22 years, but for the last 13 years, he had been the primary caregiver. Uh, he did mm-hmm. all of my administration for all of my businesses, and uh, he is turning 62 today. And last year in November, he got a job working outside the home. And it's like, wait a minute. And I knew it was time. You know, it was time yeah. for him. He needed it for him. Um, you know, it, it was part of God's plan for our life of, of how, uh, you know, we needed to get into a, a different sense of balance. What we had done had worked for us for 21 years, but, you know, it was time for a change. And so he has been out and he's had to travel. So, you know, I actually have to get up and take the kids to school. Well, and again, this is going to sound really bizarre, but, you know, here I am, 55 years old, and it was the first time I had seen the sunrise every day. I had seen an occasional sunrise now and again, but every day we were driving into the sunrise. So we started taking pictures of them and posting them on Facebook. And my, if my husband was traveling, he would take the picture of the sunrise where he was, and he would send it to us. And, you know, it actually created just this uh, new bond uh, in the yeah. family. And actually for Christmas, I, I uh, took a bunch of the sunrise pictures and I framed them for the kids, and that was one of their That's gifts. Beautiful. And, it's and so, so true. I, it does, it yeah. does connect you. Nature is, you know, we're meant to be connected, humanity, Absolutely. you know, with nature. 
Yes, it's true. My my um my husband's funny. We are very parallel. I I call my husband the domesticated dad. <laughs> He's often home. I mean, we do both work and we're both entrepreneurs, so his schedule's a little different. But a lot of times. He's home during the day, and I'm, um, you know, doing things work-related or vice versa. Right. And one of the things we picked up doing after we lost our home, and you know, we went through you know apartment, and then we 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 are in another home now. The the home we're now, I love it so much because there's a porch on it, and we can sit and in the morning see the sunrise and drink coffee on the porch together. And it's just one of those things that it really connects us. Just sitting, drinking coffee, that's where the flower moment came from. <laughs> oh, wow. Noticing nature and being outside together. It's really, really fun. So, Very anyhow. Cool. So, so let's move on to the C. And this one actually was a bit surprising to me because you don't expect the word confront in a book about mm-hmm. balance. So confront yeah. and connect. Sure. So confront and connect. You know, I I, I learned a long time ago just, personally through my own life and issues and also professionally in studies and things like that, that, you know, if we don't really confront what's going on, it's like putting a a Band-Aid over a pipe that needs, you know, real fixing or duct tape or whatever. You, I'm not a plumber, but you know what I mean? <laughs> like you, you just doesn't work if we don't really get to the root of what's going on and all these symptoms start to pop up in our lives and we try to treat the symptom of you know, like diets, I always say, are symptom treaters, you know what I mean? So, right. like, we're, 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 you know, having these issues with how we want to nurture and care for ourselves, and we're putting a Band-Aid or tr- trying a diet, when really there's something else. And a lot of times when I work with people, they'll say, you know, after months of trying to focus on, you know, this is what I'm going to eat and this is whatever, and then they come to me and they go, I've been trying to follow this meal plan, I keep going off, what's going on with me? And we start to talk, and it's like they, they're miserable at their job or they're having issues at home or financially or something else is going on, which is fine. We all go through things, but if we don't really confront it, you know, we keep putting a Band-Aid on something, it's not, it needs more than that, you know. So I would say do it in a way that's very comfortable, safe, careful to you. And, you know, I have some recommendations in the book on, you know, of course if it's something that needs counseling or healing in some way, you know, going to your church leaders or your counselors or whoever. But it could be something that you just, it's a drainer for you that you can confront yourself. I say we all have energy drainers. And a simple question that if you can answer it yourself, you know, you can kind of handle it from here is, what do I want to do with this drainer? Do I want to release it, resolve it, or restore power to it? You know, and if you can look at at the things that you're going to confront and sort of ask yourself those questions, it works for both physical stuff and internal stuff. So let's just start with the example of a relationship. A relationship is draining you, this constant arguing, whatever. Is it time to release it and move on? Is there an issue that needs to be resolved between the two of you? Or is it restoring power? Do we need to date again and reconnect and restore power to this relationship, okay? If you can answer those questions, you know where to go. Say it's, you know, an old piece of furniture that's sitting up, taking up space in your house, and it doesn't go with your decor and whatever. Is it time to release this, donate this to somebody else? Do you have to resolve this or a rusty handle or something that needs fixing that's making it an eyesore to me? Or do I restore power to it? Do I refurbish it? Do I make it something that matches the room better, repaint it? So you see what I mean? You kind of can go with what am I confronting and can I handle it with this method or is it something that I need to seek deeper for? Oh, I love that. And and that actually fits right back uh, even just to the physical 
example I gave with cleaning out your closet. Yeah. I mean, if yeah. there is a favorite thing, uh, in fact, I, I just got new bedding uh, yesterday, and, and I had these beautiful pillow shams that had been here when we bought our house. And and uh, we bought the model, so we had a lot of these beautiful things that I wouldn't have been able to afford otherwise. Right, but right. it was easier, I guess, for the builder, you know, just to sell uh, all the, the whole bedding and everything yeah. to us, lock, stock, and barrel. And I loved this this pillow sham. And you know, I I it had ripped. It, it was made out of silk, and it, it just had gotten so frail. Uh, you know, years of pulling the pillows on and off the bed uh, every day. Um, but I thought. You know, I, I should just take that and cut a piece of it and, and make it into something else because oh, it, you know it no longer serves its original purpose. But yeah, um, yeah. you know, and and again, you gave great emotional examples, but I think we need to also look at the physical things because those things uh, quite often do hold us back. So Absolutely. let's move on. I agree. Even mm-hmm. clothing, if you have something, you can recreate something out of it. A, a dress can become a handbag, you know, right. or something can become you know patchwork quilt or curtains or something. Absolutely. Absolutely. You want to look at all the physical and the emotional stuff that's going on and determine if it's draining, you confront it and move forward so it doesn't keep popping up. Right. I love that. So let's uh, go to the last letter in the word balance, E. E is for engage and experience. Yes. Engage and experience this gift of life. I, 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 I just think that this is, you know, for all of us, just a good reminder to plug into it and, and engage in it because, you know, I remember years ago I was speaking with somebody and he had this vision, this, you know, this office space. He wanted to create this whole company and da-da-da-da-da. Long story short, as he went through this big thing, created the company, the vision came to life. But at the end, he said he hadn't experienced any of the journey at all. And he was like, this is what I was going for. Like, he was like, okay, I got the company, got the space, got the office just looking the way I wanted to but I don't feel like I didn't experience anything. I didn't engage in it. And so much right. of the time we, we think that the joy is at the end, and I always say the joy is in the journey, not at the end of it. So how can we engage and plug in and and be a part of what we're setting out to do in this world and serving our purpose and using our gifts and engaging in in life and experiencing life? And so I, I, I often, you know, have people, and in the book I talk about setting your own 30-day challenge. And, the challenge should be something that lights you up. People say, wait a second, I want to lose weight. You're telling me to, to flip my focus and not even think about losing weight and then just challenge myself? And what happens, ironically, is when when people flip their focus to something else, they release the 9 pounds or the 12 pounds or the 7 pounds or whatever it is that they wanted to release. They're not focusing on a diet to do it, though. They're focusing on bringing joy and lightness to their life and connecting in their life. And, and all of a sudden, they're nurturing their body. I mean, they've learned how to recalibrate their food life connection and using food for its intended purpose and things like that. But it's just more of a fun way to really experience life. And the funny thing is, this is a really funny story. I had a, a client, we went through this whole process, you know, and in, in the uh, letting go time, you know, we talked about different things, and then we were talking about the challenge and experiencing engaging life, and she did, you know, what I call a day dump and a day design, and in the day dump, you dump out everything that's going on in your world, and the day design, you sort of design, if you had nothing, blank slate, what would my day look like, right? Mm. And it's fun, and you don't have to worry about how to make it happen, you just design it. 
So in her day design, she designed her ideal day, and she was learning, you know, Spanish because her her husband, her cousin was getting married to a Spanish woman, and there was ceremony was in Spanish. She wanted to learn salsa dancing to do at the wedding. She had all these things in her day design that were happening, and so she said, you know. Jennifer, I'm going to do the 30-day challenge, but I have to tell you, I did my day dump and my day design, and I've designed you right out of my day. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, good, because I am so much more about taking action in your life than sitting with someone to learn how to take action in your life. Goodbye. I love you. I'll see you soon. And so I wanted her to engage and experience the gift of life, and she didn't need me for the 30-day challenge because she figured out what she needed to do, and it was perfect. And we laugh and laugh about it. I even wrote about it in the book because it was that I'm not a fan of self-help books for this reason that I feel like we can become caught up in reading and learning and studying, but really life is about taking action and showing up right. for it, you know. And so that's what this last chapter is: is how are you engaging in and experiencing this gift of life? Well, Jennifer, I cannot wait uh, to actually dig in and read the book. Uh, you know, I, I so much of it resonates with me just because of what I've been through in my own life. And uh, like I said, we, we have so many parallels. Uh, but it sounds to me like through this journey, you've not only found balance, but you have found a way to love yourself uh, in a new way. And, you know, you are definitely dreaming big, uh, and uh, as I look at Inspirista, which is is uh, the uh, the brand that you've put around all of this, uh, you know, you talk about eating well, helping others, uh, singing along, and and that's kind of the navigation of your Inspirista uh, site. So, yeah. for those people who want to follow uh, Jennifer, uh, her website is jennifertumayoung.net. And uh, I think that that will take you to all of the different uh, uh, components that she ever has. Yeah, and you also have a site called inspiredgirl.net, and I love that. And, you know, I know some people think uh, that the term girl, uh, you know, doesn't do women justice. But one of the reasons why we made our group the Executive Girlfriends Group uh, is because I feel the most alive when I am with my girlfriends. And some of yeah. my girlfriends are business girlfriends, uh, which was the whole reason I started this group. Uh, you know, I have my church girlfriends and, uh, you know, some girlfriends in my neighborhood. And, you know, it it, it really, that, that term girl has a really special place in my heart. So I love uh, your term of inspired girl. Thank uh, you. That's Thank what I want to be is an inspired yeah. girl. Yeah, and my my grandma Millie, who she was, you know, eighty, I think eighty seven when she passed on, but she was always a girl. You know, she was always a girl, and she had this spirit. I call her the original inspirista. I have a whole definition on what an inspirista is. People think is it my name I gave myself. I say no, it's my word for women. Like it describes <laughs> all women are inspiristas, and my grandma to me was the original inspirista. Um, but she was always a girl, and that had that energy and that spirit and that zest and I think when we can tap into our girl you know we can be the women we were born to be you know so we we click chicky <laughs> <laughs> and, and where do you live I live in New Jersey ah uh, did the area where you live uh get hit hard with the storm we are by the beach but not too close so my direct community was not hit so hard, but of course, surrounding areas were, so we right. were definitely, um, you know, in the, my my husband's a chef, 
and he was cooking for weeks for people that have been displaced and things like that, and, you know, just definitely had a lot of devastation down here. But, you know, we're about a mile and a half in from the beach, so our house was not, you know, affected. Well, you know, it was hard. Uh, Those of us who live in Florida, we've been through so many hurricanes, and, you know, we were kind of desensitized to it, and, you know, in fact, when we saw it, it was a Category 1, it's like, you know, what's all the hubbub about? You know, why are they, yeah, why are they yeah. so upset? Because, you know, we don't even um, do any preparation for a Category 1. It has to be a Category 3 before we take it seriously here in Tampa. Wow. Yes, right, Florida, right, right. Yeah, well, I don't think but, any of us, we had no, I mean, just there were people that were scurrying about, of course, and getting ready for the hurricane and things like that. I kind of just said, you know, it's going to happen we have enough water or whatever. We just have right. to, you know, when it comes, we'll deal with it. But never in a million years did I expect it, anything like what happened. And the one thing that happened to us, which was nothing compared to others, but it was very humbling, was a very large tree came down right at the beginning of the hurricane. So, of course, my children were screaming because it came right. down. It hit our porch roof and landed right in front of our front doorway, like the staircase that goes down the porch. So when I open the door in the morning, I see this large tree just feet away from where I was with my children. Oh, wow. I was just, wow. You know, at that, in those moments when you hear that, really all we could do was lay on the floor together and pray, and we're at the mercy of, of what's, you know, what's happened and what's, you know, what, what's happening around us. So, you know, it was really definitely a humbling moment to see that large tree there and just even made me more, you know, about connecting with humanity, each other, and this gift of life and realizing what a miraculous gift it is, you know. Right. Well, Jennifer, it has been terrific. I hope you have a wonderful weekend, and uh, I'm I'm uh, just excited about sharing your message out with our Executive Girlfriends Group Network and and our community that we reach on Blog Talk Radio and on our I iTunes. Thank you so channel. much too for sharing with everybody. Thank you so much. It was wonderful connecting with you. I hope we chat again soon because well, we will. And I'm gonna I'm gonna take us off uh, recording and and uh, just close out with you before. Uh, we let everybody else go. So uh, thank everyone for joining us on this Friday, January 4th, 2013. And I just wish everybody a very, very happy new year. And uh, join us back next Friday at noon on the Executive Girlfriends Group. I'm going to stop the recording now so you'll hear a few beeps, and then I'll be right back with you, Jennifer. Okay.